Hey, Melody. Hey, Peter. Sup, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to How College Works. So, early days in the semester for us, Melody and I. So, in case you didn't catch it, Melody has moved, uh, lateral move to another institution. So, she is no longer physically here with me. <laughs> We're all three in different time zones now. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, I think this so is dedication. <laughs> to something. Dedication to something. Oh, yeah, dedication to our, our dear listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so it's week three for Melody and I. I think, Drew, you were saying it's, it's about that? Yeah, week you... three, week four, depending on how you count the first two days of school. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Uh, and so actually all three of us are going through and having to deal with different aspects of some of these, Drew, you've heard to, referred to it as kind of an early warning system. And that's certainly, I think the way that here where I'm, where I'm at, that's the kind of the way we, we think about it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and see like, what are the similarities? Because I think there are some similarities about what's trying to be done at these different levels in different places and sort of what some differences are in in that respect as well do we want to start with the college level do we want to start with the high school level where do you want to start guys um i don't know i'm happy to talk a little bit we're about interventions we're talking about and sure. right and <clears throat> so i again i was saying before we started recording that um, this morning, even I had a conversation with one of my bosses about, he was looking at analytics from our student information system and it identified for, it's able to tag for you the seniors, current this year seniors who uh, have enough credits to uh, continue on and are enrolled in the proper classes to be eligible for college first year at a four-year institution in the state of California if they, assuming they pass all their classes this year, right? Right. That for uh, our particular, uh, the, what the high school we were talking about was uh, 71% of the seniors currently were enrolled in the A to G requirements for California universities. Great. That's an awesome number. We're going to mark it even higher. And his, but his follow-up question was to that staff that he was talking with a couple days ago was, how do we pick, like that's a, maybe a class of 300 kids or so. Uh, how do we find those 30 students right now that are going to be the ones struggling in March? Let's not wait till March. How do we know the ones that, you know, let's find the ones that are going to be in uh, trigonometry struggling or uh, are, are going to get that deadly D in English class that will make them have to repeat or have to take a summer class or not eligible for four year and have to start at a, a community college or, or what have you. Right. So how do we target those students at first progress report and reach out to them and put them in the intervention uh, uh, pathway or intervention like radar to get support and reach out and say, Hey, yeah, you're struggling uh, or we don't want you to struggle. Right. Right. So maybe, maybe you're not struggling yet. <laughs> right. And, and so I think one of the important things, that we were talking about is that you know you're week three in the school year and you're trying to look forward to you know March which is mid for me it's mid spring semester but like with three quarters of the way through the through the high school school year like so we're three weeks in now how do I know 
who is going to be in trouble three quarters of the way through this year. Yeah. So what's, what's that, what's that criteria? And again, so we were just talking before recording this 12th grade intervention team. Like if I could pull the list of the 300 12th graders that are in that list, um, it's not in a vacuum. It's, uh, you know, the teachers and the staff and, and the administration even know the history of that student and know the, um, and, and our information system knows the history of that student all the way back uh, to be able to look at what is, yeah, are some of those criteria maybe are, what's the attendance pattern? What's the uh, grades pattern in, in the previous years? What's the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those, those kind of criteria. What is the, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but what are the test scores <laughs> look like mm-hmm. for that student in the past? Um, and does that indicate success in 12th grade uh, courses if we'd scored poorly in, in an English or a math and what English or math are we in for 12th grade? So it's not a vacuum and we can go backwards and say, you know, how did we do? And, and maybe that's going to kind of highlight the student for just a little bit of an outreach or maybe it's going to highlight them for something even, uh, you know, stronger than that and, and not have to wait till March when we're like, Oh shoot! We're going to have to do some online courses to to make up a missed credit proof or whatever. Well, it sounds like you have a lot more data than what we would have to go on. Um, yeah. Like, does that make sense, Peter? Yeah, I was going to say it, it does sound like you're running like a ton of analytics on these students, and you and you say like looking at their their seniors, looking at their junior, looking at their sophomore year. You know, what is their history and that sort of a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the majority of the students who have been in our district for X number of years, uh, yeah, we have data back to 2003 in our uh, system. That's uh, that's a, that's a many years for those who are lo- not listening. Or, uh, so it's 2019, so 2003, so what is that, 16 years? Yeah, so for some of these seniors, it would be all the way back to whatever second grade or whatever it is. But um, and, and it's not that we're spending all day – Maybe somebody's spending all day pulling reports on that. I'm not, but, <laughs> but, or, and how relevant is second grade to, to 12th grade? Maybe not very much, but, you know, if, especially if you're an administrator and you know these 12th graders and you, you've known their names since ninth grade, you can look at it and say, oh, Andrew, he was in my office a bunch in ninth grade, but I didn't see him in 10th grade at all. How's he doing? Let me just pull up his grades, his transcript. You know, okay, here's an area of concern, that kind of thing. So kind of also feeling very kind of hands-on that, you know, you have a bunch of people who know these students and who are going to look at this list of names and be like, ah, you know, Janet, she's going to have some trouble, you know, Tom, he's, he's, uh, he struggles in math and he's in a kind of a more advanced math class than I expected. And then to not just from like data, but from knowing them and sort of intuition, push those names forward for people to watch out for. Is that my Wait, I, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, yeah. Intuition is uh, wishy-washy to me. I think that that's a piece of it, but a big piece of it though is that is looking at the actual results that, and the, the grades and the transcripts are a big piece, but also trusting your counseling team that has, mm-hmm. has, uh, has knowledge least, of them. Yeah, at least in my experience at that schools that I've worked at have sat with the student and said, you know, yeah, I want to push you to get four years of math, even though the requirement is three, I want to push you to get four years of math. And then also asking the question, is that reasonable? 
for this student? And most of the time the answer is yes, but <laughs> you know, and once in a while we've had to say like, no, three years is plenty for this student. Let's go ahead to an elective or whatever. Um, very rarely. So you have to be able to trust your, you know, team on there. Right. Right. And so it's a little different because, um, we don't always have access to all of that information all the way back unless we're also an advisor. Mm. Okay. But sometimes we have to trust like the advisors like, well, they put the student in this math class. They need to have access to that information. I mean, hopefully they'll make it or whatever, what, you know, those kinds of things. But I don't always know a student's background. Sometimes I've only had exposure to them for three weeks and I have to kind of make a decision about, you know, are they like this early performance pilot that we're trying now? I literally had to decide, yes, I think they can make it and or no, they can't based on these various criteria that we had to look at. One was being like, you know, have they missed more than two days of class? Do they have the textbook? Have they turned in homework so far? And those kinds of things. And sometimes it's just their behavior or um, performance or whatever up in those three weeks and that's all I have to go on if that makes sense yeah three weeks when we'll remind everybody that college meets like maybe twice a week <laughs> yeah or three times right two three yeah. times a week yeah so three weeks is you know roughly six you know yeah I guess as far as class hours it's it may be similar right if you have two hour class instead of like a one hour five times a, a week thing yeah I mean if the uh, credit hours are meant to sort of match that. So a three credit hour course that meets twice a week should meet for three hours of face-to-face -face contact time. So you, like an hour and a half twice a week, as opposed to three times a week for one hour. So your face-to-face -face contact time should come out to be the same, basically. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So there's a little, a little subtle difference there, but it's, I guess I hadn't considered that you wouldn't have in college the the context or the history of that student. Um, yeah, we have, I have almost none. Like I have. Yeah. Students that Unless we're their advisors, we don't have any of that. And it's well, not like we can look it up either. I mean, even as an advisor, I have their transcript. I have sort of a rundown of what they've taken. Um, but well, you know, and their often, grades. Up and their that grades, point. you know, but often that's, that tells me something, but it doesn't tell me everything. Right. And well, or if you had been alerted to like, if you get like a faculty concern notice and as advisor, you would get a copy of that. So, you know, if there's like a pattern of not attending for like weeks at a time. Right. I mean, to um, me, I think that that's maybe not a bad thing that you're missing the level of detail that I have with my seniors, but uh, we can turn around and say, well, that's an opportunity for a student to reinvent themselves and, and carry on the scores that they have with them and then be somebody else or somebody better or somebody whatever when they get to college and that to me says we should be making sure to remind our students or train our students to advocate for themselves as far as like you know this is the support that I need I need to get to the writing center I need to like ask my professor about um, where the where the resources are so again that I, I don't know I, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing that you can't dig all the way to age two with a kid <laughs> right well yeah. yeah I mean and that's sort of appropriate coming into the workforce where you get hired and you know they have your resume and your interview but that's it you know. right sorry go ahead Melody oh I was just thinking so in terms of like uh, Drew was saying well intuition's kind of squishy 
Yeah, it is. And even though I have this criteria checklist, I have to also sometimes cue into like, well, you know, so I have a student who has a concussion and mm -hmm. he has a, his physician has asked him not to be in class for the last week and then this next week. So for two weeks, not to like read or do anything. So yeah. according to those criteria, I, you know, I need to put no, he, he's not going to make it. But he's also been in and talked to me three times, you know, and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do this as soon as I feel like I can type and look at a screen. And, the, and he also has handwritten some stuff and just taken photos and sent it to me. So, you know, like I had to kind of weigh like my experience with the student versus the actual criteria, if that makes yeah. sense. So there was some mm -hmm. intuition choices that I had to make there. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I think that my, I guess my aversion to it is if I have this intuition with a kid whose context and history I have all the way back to age two, then maybe I'm unfairly bringing That's in experience from third grade when this kid bit my finger or whatever. You know? and <laughs> but then, if we don't have that, then sometimes right. that three weeks worth of experience is, you know, sometimes we could be wrong. It's just an early warning system. All that's going to happen for those students. And I said, no, I think they have some something it's possible they might not be successful in this class is they're just going to be invited to use the resources that we have on campus and so like it's not like they said oh your instructor said things were going to fail <laughs> see you later <laughs> oh hey did you know about the tutoring center do you know about the writing center yes yeah. we have this resource and so what that's one way that they're sort of trying to intervene early on is just to make sure that everyone is aware of all the resources on campus. yeah and in that sense I, there's no the downside is i mean it's not like there is a downside to identify a student like a false positive like oh yeah. oh well he got an extra flyer okay <laughs> okay. oh, no. right yeah. i mean for for us you know this semester we're also having a pilot sort of a thing we've already had here some uh, faculty concern notices and there's some things that were intended to come online and, so, and part of that is a um, a group from I think he's associate dean of faculty and a student life uh, vice president and someone from our counseling so there's a group of these people from across the campus and that whenever I submit a faculty concern notice where before that concern notice would have gone just straight to the student and to student life and to their advisor. Um, I think at least those people got notified if it reached a certain level. Now it just goes to that group. And basically every, every day they're trying to take care of them. Every week they go back and review to make sure everything's getting touched on. And they, they reach out without including all of the stuff. So, you know, so I'm talking not directly to the student, but directly to professionals who have, you know, like social work backgrounds and student life sort of expertise. Uh, and so they're pulling in concern notices, not just from faculty, but you know, staff and administrators can also submit these things in an effort to try to, a, a early warning, you know, so if a student's missing a class, I should mark them as absent. I should then also send a uh, concern notice, be like, hey, in this class. Uh, and then, then they collect them together Right. So before it's all like, I have to be on top of these things for the, for the early warning. Like, well, you know, uh, did peace miss three classes in the last week or his last two weeks? And how bad is that? And I don't know. And Oh wait, I have a class to prep for. And then that's gone. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so now somebody else is sort of collating these together so that it's like, Oh, three week, three classes missed in the last 
we could not just mine, but you know, uh, spread over two different classes, three class periods have been missed. Somebody else springs into action with knowledge of more of this sort of holistic view of what's going on. But that's the ideal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, th I think attendance is truly a big, big um, metric. Indicator. Yeah, indicator yeah. to look at. I, I know that um, somebody will correct me, but the, the research is, has pointed to as early as um, I've, I've heard third grade, but I've also read um, re research reports that say kindergarten, you can indicate who is more likely not, you know, not causality, but correlation, who's more likely to be a high school dropout from kindergarten attendance records. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and now uh, pointing out in kindergarten, it's not the five-year-old's fault if they don't make it to school. Right. It's, it's situational. It's sort of family cultural po possibly, but I mean, I would probably lean not an expert. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean right. to lay blame. I mean to point out it's not the student's fault in kindergarten and the fact that we can correlate it to high school dropout, which generally happens between ninth and 10th grade that summer between, ninth and tenth, um, you know, as well as in ninth grade and 10th grade, that algebra one class is another predictor. So even like we're talking about 12th grade in college, but attendance is a big, big thing that high schools are looking at. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we have, maybe that's a whole other podcast to talk about the stuff that we have uh, in place to um, communicate to parents like, hey, the student has been absent and, uh, and reach out to community to get uh, students back to school and, uh, and, and those things because attendance is such a big factor in, uh, in predictability of if you're going to complete yeah, well, I think it's it's for us as well. Is you know, missing classes means that it's much more likely that we're going to lose that student uh, either during the semester or between the spring and the fall semesters so or over the summer. And one of the things which I'm not sure whether it's apparent or not is that I'm going to guess this is true in the high school case as well. Is for the, for the team here that's trying to work on this, the approach is not one of shame or uh, kind of being a hard ass. It's not like a truancy cop who's going to come to you like you're not going to your college classes, partly because like you're not legally required to go to college classes. But I think <laughs> the underlying portion of it is that, you know, that, that being absent is pointing to a something else, some other problem, like are you, are they physically sick and not able to come to class? Do they need support, you know, from, from health services? Are they emotionally distressed, you know, from, or stressed from college or being away from home? You know, having somebody pound on your door and be like, why aren't you going to class is not going to solve that problem. It's only going to exacerbate that problem. Right. You know, so, you know, that, that approach in terms of somebody reaching out when you know as a student you're having a hard time and you're missing class and someone comes and knocks on your door and says hey i see you've been missing class are you all right you know i feel like that in, for me maybe the, the immediate response would be like i'm fine leave me alone where <laughs> really really like you know, i'm not fine i'm missing class you know I'm, I'm not doing what the things i know i should be doing and that sort of 
allowing people, they're not going to yell at you. They shouldn't. If they do, you should probably call somebody <laughs> and have them like removed from the position. But they want, we want to support. You know, we want to, we want to be able to have students open up and then to get the support they need to feel confident and move forward and do what we know they can do uh, and not be shamed or yelled at or somehow degraded because they're not doing what is expected. That doesn't, that doesn't help anybody. Uh, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, it's, I, I talked to plenty of students and it seems the default is that if they're struggling in a class, they didn't talk to their high school teachers for, for many of their high school teachers, you know, and, and for whatever reason is trying to, kind of go under the radar, whether it be fear or embarrassment, you know, and uh, that's a hard thing to break through is that the, that wall and that, and that reserve pulling back because of either fear or embarrassment is, uh, means that they don't come to me. It's even more important at college that they come uh, and ask for the help or that they accept the help that's offered. I, I think like attendance is kind of a main thing and communication is the way to, to broach that is learning to be able to communicate in spite of whatever, to be able to say like, Hey, I'm not in attendance today. Uh, and here's maybe here's why, or I can't say why. And, and here's what I want to do about it. Mm -hmm. um, and the other big, the other trouble I think is maybe even harder is the ones who are in attendance every day and also in September are not going to make it. And how do you identify that person who's just going to be there every day, plugging away, doing their best. And it's just, it's, it's not going to happen for that person, right? Identifying that student is a real challenge to me. Yeah, I agree. Like, so at least where I am right now, they've done all this research about the indicators in terms of um, graduation and retention or whatever. And the number one indicator is this first year writing class that I'm teaching. So there's a lot of pressure <laughs> to wow. kind of be like, Oh, get people through that. Um, but it is, it's so hard to know because you're right. They're sitting there, they're taking notes. They have the book. Um, they've been to class. They'll be in class. Um, and I don't always know until I've seen their work. <laughs> I'm not always sure about those students. Right. And then it's also hard for me. And we might've talked about this before. I know I've said it a thousand times, maybe just in like talk. Um, but I can't always tell based on their work, like who's really trying and who's not, because it, I, it's not always clear. Um, every now and right. then you can tell when people are being lazy, but then they're like, well, did you try and still not get it? Or did you just put it together in 10 minutes? And this is what happened. Um, right. And so those are also really tricky for me too, because I don't know all the time what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's tough to tell sometimes. The students, I mean, usually the ones who are really working and not getting it, are uh, freaking out. <laughs> there's there's a level of sort of just not being able to emotionally deal with it. Uh, that I that's that's usually for me a pretty good indication that the student is really trying their hardest and it's just not coming together and we'll need to shift the way we're doing it. And sometimes students are like, well, well, I tried really hard. I worked a lot on this. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And, but I mean, maybe you did, but you're that. not selling it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. That's just really something that's hard for me. And so then I'm like, well, how do I deal with that? Um, and then also, it just seems like there's a lot of pressure um, on this first year writing class, but also on the students too, right? So I want I want them all to make it through. So well, well, and part of it is is a cart before the horse, a correlation between passing yeah. that first semester writing course and doing well means that there is something within the work required for that course. But that doesn't mean that if you change the standards or whatever, like you're going to remove it so that everybody passes or more people pass, that you will actually solve yeah. the underlying right. problem, right? Yeah. I, have, I, I have a secret to share is that I took my first year writing class in my last semester at college. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but you passed you. that one. <laughs> I crushed it, dog. I killed yeah. it. it was, As you should have. Well, yeah, because I had I had already taken two baccalaureate level writing courses. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually not very. Uh, I mean, it's pretty common for music majors, um, just because of all the requirements in music. Yeah, uh, they don't always get into those first year writing classes until their junior or senior year. And I have juniors in like the the second class in the sequence, like the research writing class, and I have one senior. He's a music major. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, taking this class and I'm like, dude, I hope it all works out and you pass because you're kind of rolling the dice here if you don't. True. Is he crushing it so far? No, he's been absent a lot. <laughs> oh, no. That's a problem. He's playing in the clubs. Um, if you, But come on now. If you're fourth year or fifth year, whichever, and you know one of your final semesters and you're not able to pass a first-year writing course, I'm not sure what you've been doing. Even the music major has a writing course with a mm-hmm. 5,000 word writing assignment attached. So right. it wasn't, it wasn't like I made it through my music major without writing anything. Right. And I think sometimes though, when you get to that point of being a junior or a senior in those 100 level classes, you're bored and it's just a matter of making yourself do the work. Um, but you kind of yeah. gotta. That's true. I mean, I, I was bored with school. I was ready to graduate, so I killed it, but I mean, I, I, I feel you on the board, but I think I've talked in this on this podcast before about taking second semester chemistry like my senior year when I took the first semester my freshman year. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, A, crushed it. B, I went to every class and did the optional homework. And like, you know, I, I, I did that class. You know, it was my last semester. I'm taking a ton of physics, you know, or maybe the second last semester, still taking a ton of physics and still like did the work, showed up every class, you know. Yeah. And that uh, may be atypical, right? Of, of even of a, of a fourth year person taking that so. level of course of doing every single uh, assignment is maybe that's atypical. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Uh, I just remembered getting, getting my butt spanked when I took the first semester. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it right this time. Yeah. Well, and four years, that's what we've said on this podcast before is that four years later, you're geared up, you're ready to go. Right. That's right. Yeah. I think we got off topic just a little. <laughs> um, I, but I like, I think like if I had to like kind of have one takeaway for listeners, it would be that these, these warning systems, these safety nets, these kinds of things, well, first of all, they vary from institution to institution. Some of them have lots of them in place to catch you. And some of them have very few of them in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and to take advantage of, you know, those opportunities to get extra help by, you know, even if it's the resources on campus or visiting a professor. And if someone says, hey, we noticed something's not quite right, maybe pay attention because you might feel like you're doing okay 
but someone else might not think that. And maybe that someone else is in charge of your grade. (laughs) (laughs) So we're listening to that person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very much, you're right. It's very much dependent on the team. The team's made out of, of humans. And so I can look at the data and say on paper, this student looks good or bad, Mm -hmm. but I also know human to human you know, I've, I have a relationship with this student uh, from classroom, like I, you know, and my team member says that they have concerns too. Okay. So we have a team member versus other institutions. Maybe there's only three people on the team for all 2000 kids, whatever. So it, it, yeah, you're right. It varies from place to place, but remember, it's not just like the robot data machine is going to crunch it up and get a bing 42. Andrew needs help. Mm-hmm. It, right there's a, there's a relationship and a context and a human relate, you know, human connection that, that has to play into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing is, is, I think is worth remembering is that, you know, in the, as we've discussed a lot at the high school level, there's a lot of uh, responsibility on the, on the school to aggressively identify and then, uh, offer support. Aggressively to offer or require. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I think, yeah. Yeah, some programs we have a we have a positive. What's I can't remember what it's called. A a uh, uh, what's it called? Child find. We have to go find people who need assessment in certain areas. Right. We want to do that more. I think the trend is to do that more at the college level because I mean there is an existential aspect to this that students who leave college aren't paying for college. (laughs) <laughs> that right. tuition is keeping the doors open to the college. Uh, but the people who are in charge of doing this are not being counters. They are, you know, social services, people who it is their vocation, their calling to, you know, take care of people, of students in this case, and try to make sure that things are okay. So there, it's, you may not have like this intrusive advising sort of a thing or this like, catching you every time that, that you stumble sort of thing, but that is a good retention aspect is uh, institutions that have this like high contact. Be like, we missed you in class yesterday. Where were you? Says the person in the dorm, not like when you come into class, but like your RA walks in and be like, you weren't in class today. What's up? Like this type of advising and, and looking over the shoulder is like really helps students continue right they matter like the 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 studies i've read about this like they feel like you know hey i actually matter to the to the school so even though we don't we don't have the requirement to do so and the impetus at maybe the administrative level might get started at a financial aspect when the rubber hits the road is much more of of a as you say a human connection a human aspect to it you know and then it's probably not as scary as it may feel like in terms of people judging you for what you are or are not doing. Yep. So take advantage. If someone reaches out to you, uh, then go ahead and uh, reach back. (laughs) Yeah. Get some, Mm -hmm. get some help. Can't hurt. Probably will help. If you, uh, anything else guys? No, I don't think so. I think that better be it. Yeah. <laughs> if you have questions for me, you can reach me or us, but you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Hyland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-E-N-D, or shoot me an email, peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-E-N-D, at gmail.com. All right. All right. See everybody Bye. next week.
Bye. Bye. <laughs>